Coffee Hump Day to you. Welcome into the Y'all Show. It's the first hour of our two-hour odyssey of all things Southern. John Rawl, your host. Thank you for tuning us in. If you're getting us on one of our great radio stations across the region, we hope you're having a wonderful day thus far in this Wednesday edition of the show. Or if you're getting us via the download, you can get the free download of the Y'all Show. You can go back and listen to any of our past shows or the most current show also available. Simply go into iTunes Podcast, and it is a free download. You can go to other podcast options out there on the World Wide Web. Just search for Y'all Show, and you'll see it. I know one of the sites I like to listen to the show is a site called Listen Notes. Go to Listen Notes, and you can see all of the now 88 episodes. Today's our 88th episode of the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern Accent. We've got a wonderful show here on a Wednesday, a Wednesday wonderful coming your way on the Y'all Show. In just a few minutes, Jonathan Leifheit's going to be joining us all the way from Toronto, Canada. He is across the line. How in the world we let him out of our, not only region, but our country? Well, he's only away for a few days on business, but we're going to call him and see what, he, what what is going on, what is the deal with the ACC, and what the Clemson and NC State game, what that will bring about. Yes, I'm using my best Canadian, eh? Yeah, the ACC report. All about the ACC coming up with Jonathan Leifai in just a few minutes. Okay, I'm sure all our Canadian listeners are tuning me out now, calling me an anti-Canadian. All right, I love Canadian bacon. Hey, I like the movie Canadian bacon, and I love a Canadian bacon on pizza. Woo, I love it. It's my favorite. Hour two, we're going to have Precious Harris, and we're going to have the Nashville music report from precious and we've got some awesome news on miranda lambert she's working on a new cd with her friends the pistol annies we'll have info on that we've got info on last week's event at the white house where kid rock was there craig morgan was there you had john rich of big and rich former lone star member he was at the white house with the president and legislation was signed to dramatically affect the payout to songwriters and singers and more. So we'll have info from Precious on that in hour two as we have our country music report from Music City, USA. And hey, a programming note. Tomorrow on the show, it's SEC Spotlight and Browning Stubbs of ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut will be our special guest. And we'll get the lowdown on the Southeastern Conference from Browning, an old friend of mine. And he keeps an eye on the SEC for a college football game day. And he will be stopping by with a report on the SEC. Get his take on the Southeastern Conference and all that's going on with college football. We'll also have a very special report tomorrow on the Kentuck Arts Festival. They're having nearly their 50th festival in, it's not Kentuck, it used to be called Kentuck, in Northport, Alabama. Now you might know where Northport is. It is literally across the Black Warrior River from Tuscaloosa. It is a very small stone's throw from the campus of the University of Alabama. And they've got the Kentuck Arts Festival going on this weekend. And a representative from that will be our special guest tomorrow. So you'll learn about arts and you'll learn about the SEC all on the Thursday, y'all. But hey, that's tomorrow. Let's get to today, shall we? All right, let's look at headlines from across the region. And sadly, the death toll from Hurricane Michael has now risen to 29, 19 of which are in the state of Florida, where the storm first hit. Now, Mexico Beach, we're finding more bodies, sadly, in that town. 
one of the reported deaths from early this week was a man who search dogs discovered in Mexico Beach. And I think Bay County alone has had almost all of the deaths in the state of Florida as it's killed people across various states. In fact, Florida has, like we said, the bulk of these 12 deaths in the state of Florida from this Category 4 storm. Six people have died in the state of Virginia, three dead in North Carolina, and only, and this is good news, only one person killed in Georgia as, as far as we know right now. But a total of 29 deaths coming from the Category 4 storm Hurricane Michael cleanups going on. I'm sure we'll learn more about more deaths, unfortunately, as we go through the rest of this week and carry on into next week. But in Bay County, where you have Panama City and Mexico Beach, more than 2,500 structures are damaged. At least 162 have been totally destroyed, according to Bay County Emergency Services. So a lot of help going on down there. More needed powers coming on. And it's going to be a slow process of getting back on the feet. But cannot wait for Florida's panhandle to be somewhat back to normal. It'll never be quite the same. But having survived a major hurricane in the past, it's sad to lose people. You don't want that to happen, but it happens. You don't want to lose structures and great buildings that might have been there for 50, 100 years or so. But it's amazing what happens after a storm like this and the buildup. Now, I know firsthand in Biloxi, when they had the big wave come across during Hurricane Katrina, all those homes on US-98 where they were stately homes, they're not there. The slabs are still there. And it's not because people don't want to have that incredible million-dollar view of, of the Gulf or the Mississippi Sound in the case in Biloxi and Gulfport. Insurance companies are the problem. They really won't let you build back. I mean, you got to have multi, multi, multi-million dollars worth of value, I guess, to even build to get the right kind of policy that will allow you to build in, in these, the high-rent places, the ones that are right on the water. Now, the inland, that might be a different story. But it has been the, sto- the story of the week, of course, Hurricane Michael. And again, 29 dead so far. And uh, we'll keep our eye on, hopefully, that number won't go down. Now, last month's hurricane, Hurricane Florence, I just wanted to circle back to that real quick and tell you what the numbers were on the deaths from Hurricane Florence, which hit the Carolinas primarily. 30 direct deaths from Hurricane Florence, 23 indirect deaths. So a total of 53 deaths from Hurricane Florence, which formed in August of 2018 and then came ashore mid-September, was a huge problem in North Carolina's eastern portion, and then dipped into South Carolina with floodwaters really causing a major problem throughout both of the Carolinas. So, yes, we have over 50 deaths attributed to Hurricane Florence at this point, and we hope that Michael's number stays put at where it is. Lord, we hope so. Now, here's a story that is just ridiculous that it's coming out after the just turmoil and, and absolute chaos caused by Hurricane Michael. The governor of Florida is Rick Scott. He's a proud veteran of the United States Navy. Well, this isn't the first time I've seen him do this. He often wears a baseball cap because the guy's bald, okay? God love him. I'm sure he's a great governor and he's a nice guy, but he wasn't blessed with hair. And so he wears this hat, this baseball cap, Navy hat, and it's got Navy on the front of it. Big gold letters, N-A-V-Y. 
Well, a liberal veterans group is questioning his integrity, the governor of Florida, that is, but specifically when it comes to his record on health care by going after one of his most iconic fashion choices, that blue navy hat with yellow lettering. And he's in a big challenge against Democratic Senator Bill Nelson right now. And this group has a problem seeing him wear the hat everywhere he goes. And they're mad because of what he's done to veterans, being the governor of Florida. That's the point of this liberal group. And they don't want to see him wearing a hat. But hey, if you wore the uniform, and I guess as a taxpayer, you should have, you should have the right to wear any of our military branches of service gear, if that makes you feel better. You know, those logos really aren't trademarked, to my knowledge. I know, I think most state symbols, if not all, are royalty-free. That's why you see them used all the time now in states like Texas and South Carolina. Tennessee's loving their TriStar logo. Let's see, Georgia, they don't really have a good state logo. But other states have pretty cool symbols. Uh, Wyoming, for example, has that cowboy uh, riding on a, how a horse. And so that uh, that that is part of the reason, and it's an uphill climb. I think they're just trying to get headlines. Hey, want well, some good news? We need some good news. If you'll remember back a couple of weeks ago, the Tennessee State Tigers, that's an FCS team based in Nashville, an HBCU. They played a game right down the street at Vanderbilt Stadium against the Commodores. And one of their players was severely injured in the game. The great news is this Tennessee State Tiger has just been released from the hospital. And Christian Abercrombie is soon going to be back in his native Georgia. And actually just the other day they had a celebration for him at his high school, Westlake High School, as he's been on the road to recovery. He's a linebacker for TSU. And he's made progress since he went into the hospital after that football game where he had to go to the ICU and had just major injuries and ended up being transported at some point to Shepherd Center in Atlanta for brain injury rehabilitation. But he's out of the hospital now, and that is wonderful. Prayer vigils were held, as we said. That's what the event at Westlake High School where he graduated back in 2016 Prayer helps, and this young man, Mr. Abercrombie, out of the hospital for the first time since that September 29th game at Vanderbilt, which Tennessee State nearly won. TSU should have beat Vanderbilt in that game, and he had a terrible injury there and had to go to the hospital. But now back in Georgia and back home, great job, Christian Abercrombie. We are we're, we're not only praying, but we're pulling for you, young man. Hey, want to get rich? Well, I'd like to get rich. So everybody else that wants to get rich, go do something else real quick. Let me let me tell you, all you people that are rich already and don't need any extra money, <laughs> Mega Millions is going on. And it's now become the third largest lottery drawing ever. And no one wants to get in on this. The prize has grown larger. The odds of winning remain the same. A 1 in 302.5 million dollar chance of winning the 667 million dollar jackpot and mega millions is played in 44 states as well as washington dc and the virgin islands in the south i guess everybody's included except alabama and mississippi i think i'm right on that as far as the mega millions but yeah if you'd like to earn a cool 667 million after taxes that probably goes down to like 250 
I'm, I'm taking a guess here, but it's probably about right. I could live on 250 mil. That would get me uh, actually a long way because right now I'm without woman. I'm without girlfriend or wife, and <laughs> and that will pull you down, guys. You know that. And women, you know that too. Come on. I think most guys are pretty cheap. But women, it, it, it takes a little bit of money uh, to make them happy at least. And I'm not trying to sound chauvinistic. I'm just telling the truth. And if you're a guy, you want to pay, you want to spend money on your woman, okay? It's fun to spend money on your ladies. But when you're by yourself, you don't have that expense. So, Mega Million. All right, for all of you who tuned out because you needed money, you can tune back in now. We're, I, forget what I was talking about. Hey, we've told you about other states right now as we're gearing up for the midterm election November 6th. Real heated battles going on, getting nasty in the South, political-wise. Well, I haven't told you much about political goings-on in the state of Alabama, but right now, this story here may take the cake. You got a governor who stepped in after the previous governor, Bentley, had to resign in embarrassment. Kay Ivey is the governor. She's just turned 74 years old this week. And there's a story out where she had a stroke a couple of years ago. Well, the governor is now denying that she had a stroke, and she's disputing the claims by Spencer Collier. The governor's just released a letter from her personal physician in response to claims from the state's former top cop that she suffered stroke-like symptoms in 2015. And the doctor wrote that he discharged her from the hospital. After an examination, he saw no evidence of a transient ischemic attack and learned that the extensive workup done at the Denver hospital where she had been at a conference, including MRI, all signs were negative. So that's what her doctor said. But other people are disputing that, including Spencer Collier, who was with the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency, and he says that she did indeed have a stroke of some type. Now, a man named Josh Moon in Alabama says, if you're in law enforcement, how do you vote for Ivy? Because this trooper followed protocol and didn't participate in her dumb cover-up, she had him demoted and sent to a driver's license, driver's license office in Houston County, awful, just playing with people's lives. So I don't know where the truth lies, whether she had a stroke or not, but even if she did, that was three years ago. She wasn't even the governor three years ago in Alabama. But yeah, she's in a fight right now, governor of Alabama, at 74 years old. And we'll see what happens with her as she inches toward an election. Now, I don't know where to file this one, what category this one goes in. In Wayne County, Tennessee, Waynesboro is the county seat, southern middle Tennessee, right on the Alabama line is where this is. Students there were given T-shirts promoting the campaign of an accused lawmaker, and this man, David Byrd, is in the Tennessee State Legislature. He's a state representative, and he's been accused of sexually touching or propositioning three of his former high school students. These seniors from Wayne County High School went on a trip to the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., and they were given T-shirts from Representative Byrd on this trip, and now it turns out that he indeed is accused of propositioning these when he was a girls' basketball coach, and he gave out T-shirts. I think that term is called baiting. I'm not saying that's what he had in mind on this one particular trip. That is the 
legal term used when people go after minors to get them kind of warmed up to to their actions they give them gifts and in this case t-shirts and really nice t-shirts got his name on it got the tri-star logo for tennessee in a maroon color i assume that might be the color of wayne county in tennessee but yeah giving out a bunch of t-shirts definitely crossing a line perhaps in waynesboro tennessee now what are four words that do not belong in the same sentence those four words would be michael avenatti and south carolina but it was earlier this week the lawyer for Stormy Daniels, who was in the news this week because their case against Donald Trump got tossed out. Well, he was in Columbia, South Carolina this week, having had his first trip to the Palmetto State. And he was down there making a speech, warming up the people. And he had lunch with local Democrats, attended fundraisers for candidates. And he's kind of testing the waters, perhaps running for president and 2020 he told the associated press they see me as a fighter someone who could potentially take down donald trump and they're curious then when they meet me or hear me speak on a broader range of issues it's very enlightening to them okay avenatti i think he is a california native i think but yeah he is constantly looking for the camera but i didn't realize until i saw the story he had come south this week and that's where he was in Columbia. Remember, South Carolina is one of your earliest states for presidential primaries. So he must really think he must be really thinking about running for president. And look, I think the guy's a fool. But there's other people who think Donald Trump's a fool and should have never run for office. And he won. So Donald Trump proved that anybody, even a porn star attorney, can run for office. Because Donald Trump, who probably did worse things in life than be an attorney for a porn star with all the things he's accused of doing. He not only ran, he won. He blew people out of the water that had been planning on being president their whole life. Wow. Still unbelievable that Donald Trump won. And I like Trump. I I still find it unbelievable that he won. Jeff Foxworthy, his hometown is hate Georgia. Now, Hapeville is a few miles south of downtown Atlanta. It literally has been consumed by the Atlanta airport. And in the spirit of Jeff Foxworthy comes this story. Because if you'll go back in time to 1996, when the Olympics came to hot Atlanta, Foxworthy released a CD called Redneck Olympics. And one of the songs was called Redneck Games. It had a music video. It was a big, big hit for Foxworthy right in the height of his You Might Be a Redneck movement. And the line from that song, one of them was, you know, we can't have a flame that big in Atlanta without a pig on it. (laughs) And it's true. The Olympic flame needed a pig roasting on it. Well, right there in Hateful, where the Atlanta airport is, this week a roasted pig was found in luggage by Customs and Border Patrol by a beagle working at the Atlanta airport's CBP office. And sure enough, I've seen the picture. This beagle went up and sniffed a bag. And in that bag, they found a nice roasted pig. I don't know what the crime for bringing a cooked pig into the country is. But yeah, it was discovered by the K-9 unit at the Atlanta airport. 
and the Beagle Brigade smelled this cooked pig, and the traveler from Ecuador had some splaining to do. I wonder if they let him go. Hey, all right, we'll let you slide if you let us have that two-pound pig. But what, what an amazing thing. Hardy, the Customs and Border Patrol Beagle, is the one that found the roasted pig at the airport. Hardy, H-A-R-D-Y. They even have a, a headshot of Hardy the Beagle on the U.S. Department of Homeland Security's website. Pretty cool story. And we can't, it's really easy to forget about canines and the work they do in law enforcement. But man, where would we be without them? On the local level, with customs and immigration enforcement and such, they are so important. Right now, in Florida, it's dogs going around looking for bodies, sadly, from Hurricane Michael. I mean, how about our dogs? I don't know too many cats that go out and help aid in times or service law enforcement. Uh, so if you're a cat lover, hey, cats need to step up the game. All right? Come on. Come on, cats. Hey, if your cat's as lazy as the cat I had in the past, the one thing a cat ought to be good is catching rat, rats and mice. <laughs> and my cat ran the other way when one would come around. So, yeah, cats cats need to step up. Another good animal story. This comes from Mississippi. And this is a good equestrian story. As rare horses have now been found in the state of Mississippi, and it appears they descended from a line of horses bred by Choctaw Indians, which were native in Mississippi, and still Choctaws exist in the state of Mississippi. These horses were thought to be long gone from the region, disappearing when the American Indian owners were expelled from the U.S. Southeast by the government. But this discovery in Poplarville, Mississippi, is an unbelievable thing. Six, I'm going to get horsemen-like here, six foals have been sired by a cream-colored stallion called DeSoto, and this horse can trace its blood in a century for a line of horses brought to America by Spanish conquistadors and then bred by Choctaw Indians who were later forced out of the Mississippi homeland. Many went to Oklahoma. But yeah, what an awesome story as these Choctaw horses are in Mississippi today and beautiful creatures, beautiful, beautiful horses. Don't know how they race, but that would be a, a great thing to, to look up sometime. Hey, we were just talking about Jeff Foxworthy in Hapeville. Now, Alabama, don't laugh. You got rednecks in Alabama. You got rednecks in every southern state. Well, there's going to be a new TV show, Redneck Housewives of Alabama. And they're going to start screening pilot episodes in Huntsville. And you can go check it out if you're in North Alabama. This reality TV series stars eight truck-driving, gun-toting, beer-swilling, family-raising women from Alabama. And the pilot episode will debut November 10th at the U.S. Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville. It's a 30-minute TV show, and it's being shot and created by a Huntsville company, Helen Evans LLC. So there's something for you to put on the bin, add it to your bin of viewing. Redneck Housewives of Alabama. And I, I have to read. I, I, I wasn't even planning on doing this, but something tells me if they're rednecks, they probably have redneck-sounding names. So, so let me read some of these names. I haven't even looked at this, okay? So here's the cast of this show. Rhonda Randolph, Leah Seawright, not too redneck so far, Phyllis Neighbors, Kelly Wilson, Emily Smotherman, Beth Hurt, Amanda Keller, and Yolanda Banks. Okay, 
at least based on the name, none of those really stand out as being too rednecky. So we'll just have to tune in and watch Redneck Housewives of Alabama. All right, a sports-related story as we close out our look across the South Line. Winter Park, Florida native and former Florida Gator superstar on the basketball court. He was SEC Player of the Year in basketball in 2011. Chandler Parsons now plays for the Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA. And the Grizzlies are getting ready to have their first game this week against the Atlanta Hawks. And Chandler Parsons is giving away 1,000 tickets to the home opener against the Atlanta Hawks. And he's going to give them away tomorrow after practice at about 2 o'clock at the FedEx Forum's Grand Lobby. First come, first serve if you want to get these tickets from Chandler Parsons. You know, this has cost him a lot of money. And this is the home opener. So it's not like the Grizzlies are just in for a horrible season. This may be the most valued ticket of the year. Everybody's undefeated in the first game. And he's getting 1,000 tickets. Chandler Parsons, a great Southerner and a Florida Gator. Chomp, chomp. Of course, he missed out on a couple of national championships. Remember, Florida won back-to-back 2004 and five, somewhere along those years, and, and he came in just after that. But, yeah, what a great gesture to the folks of the Bluff City, the Memphis Grizz. And they'll be in action against the Hawks this Friday night. And a 1,000 people are going to go in and see it free of charge, thanks to Chandler Parsons. Well, we bring you plenty of good information for your charge right here on the Y'all Show. On the other side, Jonathan Lifehite will be joining us with a look at the ACC in our ACC football report. That's ahead on the Y'all Show. Talk with a Southern accent. Come on! We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th, only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. saying that Saturdays are for the boys. Well, Wednesdays are for the ACC. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with your host, John Raw. Hope you're doing well. And when we talk ACC, we have Jonathan Leifheit on our show. And Jonathan Leifheit of CBS Sports Digital and 247sports.com. 
And Jonathan, we're making history with you this week on the Y'all Show. We're going international. Jonathan's checking in from beautiful downtown Toronto. Is the ACC expanding north of the border? I would go with a no on that one. <laughs> Do they even know what football is up there? Do they realize football has yeah, four, they, four downs? Yeah, they do, and they also play it, I think, in meters, and they also have a crazy crazy wide field up here as well. Yeah, they do, and they only have three downs in Canadian football for whatever reason. I guess they need to expand and make it four downs. Maybe we need to shrink ours to three downs. That would be a lot of fun, actually. Jonathan, let's talk about this ACC. We just heard the song there from the NC State Marching Band. The Wolfpack have a huge game this week. We'll tell you about their date in Death Valley as we continue with this Y'all Show ACC Spotlight. But first, let's go back to last week, and let's talk about the close one the Pitt Panthers had at Notre Dame, and you had other close games. Virginia clipped the Miami Hurricanes and more. Let's rewind to last weekend and let everybody know what happened in the ACC. Yeah, I think the biggest uh, the biggest game or the biggest upset of the week was definitely the uh, uh, Virginia Cavaliers pulling off the upset over the Hurricanes. Uh, um, you know, they managed to pull that one off in uh, 16-13, had the ball uh, as the clock ran out. So good for them. Uh, Barco Mendenhall and his, uh, has had kind of a struggle since he's been there, but I think it uh, looks like he might be turning things around a little bit there and uh, getting getting the big the big upset over the over the Hurricanes. And I don't want to pick on Virginia too much, but George Welch had, was it one good year that Virginia was like one of the best teams in the country, or did he have a kind of an extended time, two, two or three years where his Cavs, Cavaliers were very good back in the late 80s and 90s? Well, he actually had more than more than just uh, more than that. He had, uh, uh, of course, it was 1990 when, he, uh, when, the, when the Virginia Cavaliers ascended to number one, uh, only to be knocked off by my Yellow Jackets, who later claimed number one for the season. Yep. Um, but he also had some teams that were uh, top ten material. Okay. Um, uh, 1996, they got into the top ten. 1998 as well. I think there might have been some other instances. So he was not just a, a short-term wonder. He actually uh, did a great job with that program. I believe he took over. Uh, he was the coach at Navy uh, and then took over for the Cavaliers, I believe it was in 84, and it took him just a few years, about four or five years, and he had that program uh, really turn around. And keep in mind, Virginia was a program that was probably uh, uh, the worst program in the ACC uh, at the time, and they were, you know, horrible, just an absolute horrible train wreck, kind of uh, akin to uh, what Virginia was to the ACC as Kansas is to the Big 12. And I'll tell you kind of how bad they were. Ah, uh-huh. okay. Well, Al Grove took over after Welsh left, and, I remember he had some decent teams, but just couldn't quite get over the hump. And, man, Virginia went way off the map the last 15 years or so. Yeah, you know, Al Groh did okay um, early on, but he just couldn't seem to get it to go. And then Mike London was brought in, and he just had a horrible run of it. Mm-hmm. And then they got rid of him, and now it's uh, Bronco Mendenhall. And, you know, I thought that was a, a rather bizarre hire given uh, Mendenhall's background. But it looks like, uh, you know, we'll see if it – he can get it, can actually get it going, but he looks like he at least has a little bit of momentum going right now. I'll give him credit. Jonathan, his name's Bronco. I mean, what a cool name. That's a lot better than John or Jonathan, don't you think? Yeah, probably a little more uh, colorful for sure. <laughs> hey, you mentioned your Yellow Jackets. What happened in Atlanta last week? Georgia Tech was defeated 28-14. There were fisticuffs in this game, and Tech, after losing this, drops to 3-4 and four overall, while Duke improves to 5-1. and one. 
Yeah, Georgia Tech and Duke, it was really a pretty even matchup. The defenses were winning the day for both teams. Uh, then the Yellow Jackets had this stretch of three possessions kind of in the latter part of the third quarter uh, where they uh, turned the ball over. They had the, On the first one, they were driving. It got picked up a first down when uh, Jerry Howard fumbled the ball. Uh, on the subsequent possession, uh, Taquan Marshall fumbled the ball. Um, Duke turned both of those into touchdowns. And then on the third possession, Wanye Thomas took the uh, took the kickoff, um, tried to scramble around, tried to make a play, ends up getting uh, the ball knocked out of his hand on the five-yard line, and, of course, Duke converted that, and that was pretty much, you know, at that point, Jackets are down 21, uh, 21 points, and that was pretty much all it took for, for Duke to pull out the victory. All right, Georgia Tech 1-3, ACC, as we said, Duke looking good right now and going to be challenging in the Coastal Division for sure. Boston College is 2-1 and one in ACC play after they took care of Louisville. Louisville now 0-4 in conference play. Bobby Petrino kind of getting that coach's hot seat warmed up on the banks of the Ohio. Yeah, yeah that'll be interesting to see if that actually happens because, uh, as I understand it, uh, he has about a $14 million buyout in order for them to fire him. And then, uh, and then it gets interesting. Normally, John, wouldn't you think that a buyout would go down over time? Uh, well, normally it does, but with Petrino, it's the average of like the next three years of his contract and his contract escalates. So that means if they wait a year and fire him, it actually will go up. So, um, rather bizarre situation there in Louisville. And we'll just have to see kind of what happens, uh, with Petrino, but certainly uh, a lot of folks are not happy with uh, what he's done there lately. Well, Jonathan, don't talk to me about buyouts. In my illustrious career, I have never had a buyout clause. I, I can't say that I have either, <laughs> but uh, apparently, apparently we, neither one of us has achieved a point where uh, we need to be worried about <laughs> no, that. That's, uh, a, that's a goal of mine. Could, yeah, and you know, from that perspective, neither one of us has ever coached football either. So, no, well, you know, I, hey. hey, I coach it on my Xbox. Come on, give me a break. Jonathan. Yeah, I guess uh, that'll be worthy of what kind of a buyout. I'm not sure. Yeah. Speaking of video games, it seemed like a video game in Chapel Hill last week as North Carolina should have, could have, went right to the altar with a victory, and they lost to Virginia Tech in the last few seconds of this one. 22-19, to the Hokies prevail in Keenan Stadium. Did you see any of that one? I, I did not get to watch that one. That was one of the ones uh, I did not get to see, but you know, certainly was a, uh, you know, uh, I was expecting Virginia Tech to pr- pretty much go in there and, and play, uh, you know, beat them a lot more soundly than they are. Um, you know, North Carolina has just played some, you know, has found interesting ways to lose just about yeah. every week. I think well, the only team they're capable of beating is Pitt. So yeah, well. Here's an interesting way to lose. North Carolina in the closing minutes had a chance to have a knockout touchdown, and the guy had the ball knocked out as he was going into the touch into the end zone for a touchdown, and Virginia Tech got it, ends up going all the way down, taking the lead in the last couple of seconds, and heartbreak for North Carolina. I know you feel sorry for him. Yeah, you know I do. Okay. <laughs> but Virginia Not Tech, really. with that win, they are unblemished in the ACC. They're 3-0. 3-0 and right now, and again, they and Duke and Miami, it's going to be a fun thing down the stretch here to see who's going to eke out that trip to Charlotte for the ACC championship. Now, let's, yep, and right now, it looks like Virginia Tech's got the early lead on that. With the, they've got the head-to-head over Duke, so now it'll see what happens with the Miami-Virginia Tech game. Yes, sir. All right, let's talk some personnel. A tight end for the Louisville Cardinals has been charged with threatening to kill his girlfriend, 
Kamari Averett has been suspended from the team. 20-year-old sophomore. He remains in the Louisville jail on a $10,000 bond. And just when Louisville didn't need any more headlines, here we go again. Yeah, and that's the kind of headlines you want to get. And uh, in this case, it doesn't look very good. Apparently, his girlfriend returned his uh, backpack and it was missing a laptop. Ah. She she says she doesn't know about it. He got mad about it and ended up threatening her, which is never a good look when you hold a gun to somebody's head and tell them somebody's going to come looking for you. Ah, okay. Well, let's go from one bad extreme to a very good extreme. Even though Florida State has not had the kind of season they wanted on the gridiron thus far, a player for FSU, Janaris Robinson, went down to Panama City last week to help his family after a hurricane destroyed their home. Of course, Hurricane Michael was so devastating to the panhandle last week, and this young man went and helped out his hometown, helped out his family, which got that house destroyed by the hurricane. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw the pictures of it, but uh, basically uh, no roof, no front wall, no side wall. There was not much left of that. It was pretty uh, pretty heartbreaking, and that, that was just you know indicative of the damage that uh, that occurred down there. If you've seen any of the pictures, there are some houses that uh, pretty pretty much erased from the map. So yeah. we really wish the you know the whole area the, the best, and, and certainly uh, Janarius Robinson as well and his family. Yeah, really heartbreaking, and I hope they can uh, hope they can get recovered from I'm, that. I'm sure there's plenty of college athletes who call that area of Florida home, and he's just one that we know about. He went down to his hometown of Panama City after the storm passed, and immediately began helping out. He's not with the team right now, but Willie Taggart expects him to be available for FSU's game Saturday against Wake Forest. Again, FSU did not have a game this past weekend. In fact, Clemson didn't have a game. FSU didn't have a game. There may have even been other teams in the conference that were off this past week. So that's a great feel-good story that he's able to go help out, but sad that his home and so many other people's homes and even lives destroyed by the hurricane last week now talking about florida state jonathan as we said they were off last week willie taggart's team's been struggling they had that bad loss to miami the weekend before the hurricane came and and coach taggart's trying to round up all of his players and get them kind of back in the in the mood and you know a little bit about trying to round people up after storms as last year georgia tech had a hurricane interfere with their season when they had a game scheduled at ucf so what do you think's going through coach taggart and his lineup right now well i think you know it, it might be a good thing for florida state to take their mind off of football for a little bit because clearly they were having some you know some performance issues on the field uh, maybe they can come back with a clear head and, and play some better ball but um the, the big thing for taggart's going to be how does he get his team back on the field and focused uh when probably a lot of them were impacted by the hurricane and they're going to be talking about that and thinking about that so uh, he's got to f- figure out how to get his team back on the field and, and get back focused to playing some ball. All right. Well, there's some big games coming up this weekend in the ACC, that NC State song we heard. Well, there's a reason for that. They are going to Clemson. It's a battle of unbeatens in the ACC Atlantic Division, and this is going to be a monster game across the entire country this week. I don't think there's a bigger game out there this weekend than Clemson and NC State, the Textile Bowl 2018. We'll talk about that, plus the quarterback for Clemson's getting some praise already, Trevor Lawrence. 
Will he be the freshman of the year? We'll get Jonathan's take on that and other personnel when the Y'all Show, our ACC Spotlight, continues after this timeout. GEICO presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Belinda Collins, live on the scene of a recent lightning storm, here to describe the event, a TV tray. I was watching football and holding a plate of meatloaf when kabam! A bolt of lightning slams into the apartment, blowing out the TV and surround sound. Anything you could have done to help? Ma'am, I'm a foldable table, not an electrician. Your TV tray can't help you in a lightning storm, but the GEICO Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Go to GEICO.com to see how affordable renter's insurance can be. It's the Y'all Show. Our number is 803-816-1170. Find us on the World Wide Web at y'all.com. A brand new refreshed website has links to listen to this show and much, much more. Y'all.com is our website. We encourage you to go there and learn more about the show that's all about the South. John Rawl with Jonathan Lifebite of 24-7 Sports, a CBS Sports digital site. Jonathan, we, we are talking now about what's happening this week in ACC football and surfing around, getting ready for the weekend's game. I stumbled upon former Georgia Tech quarterback Tom Luganbill. He's got a story up on ESPN that he helped co-write, and it's titled Just Getting Started, Freshman Midseason All-American Team. And they've got, as the skipper of the offense across the entire country, young Trevor Lawrence from Clemson, as the best quarterback, at least from a freshman standpoint. What do you think of Mr. Luganbill and his pros? Well, I think he's probably correct on that. I mean, I, I can't think of a freshman quarterback that's probably in a higher impact position and, and done a better job than, than Trevor Lawrence. So having him as a, kind of an all-American freshman quarterback is probably about, uh, about as accurate as it can be. So I think he got it pretty much right. Well, the ESPN 300 rank has him number two overall and the number one pocket passer. Now, what little I've seen of Clemson, and really with Lawrence behind center for the Tigers, how is he when he gets around the edge? Is he a good runner? Yeah, he's not bad at all, actually. I think the, you know, most of the, of the players that uh, Clemson's had at quarterback, under uh, certainly under Dabo and, and, and uh, even under Bowden, have, have certainly had you know good wheels on them as well. So uh, Lawrence is no, uh, no different. So they run read option. Um, so he'll take the ball and run it. So I don't think I'd consider him a pure pocket pro passer, but he, he you know, certainly can do that. But uh, he's got some legs, and he can run it as well. All right. You can go check out the premium site to learn more about the other freshmen that Tom Luganville and Craig Halbert wrote about in the midseason All-America team. And, Jonathan, speaking of Clemson quarterbacks, former quarterback for the Tigers, Kelly Bryant was in Chapel Hill this past weekend for that Virginia Tech game. Did you see the Twitter image of him there at Keenan Stadium? No, I did not. I kind of thought he may end up uh, outside of the uh, ACC. I believe Arkansas is another school uh, that he's looking at pretty hard. Wouldn't surprise to see him there. Well, he's going through contracts right now trying to figure out who's going who's gonna to pay him the most, Jonathan. yeah probably true and there's a rumor that north carolina treats their athletes really well well certainly they make it easy for them in the classroom yeah well that's that's probably 
classrooms? You mean these guys go to college? They go to school? Are you kidding me? Well, in some cases, yeah. All right. Jonathan, let's talk about this weekend. We, we've been talking about Clemson, and NC State rolls in. These two teams are undefeated heading into this weekend's clash at Memorial Stadium, Clemson, South Carolina. I'm excited about this one. This is the kind of game the ACC needs. Two teams. One, of course, is the mainstay, Clemson. They've been the powerhouse in the ACC and really in college football the last five years for sure. And then you've got the upstart, NC State. Now, they're not a total surprise. They've been inching and inching closer to greatness the last couple of years. But now, this weekend, 5-0 and NC State, ranked number 16 in the country, and number three, Clemson, of course, undefeated and 6-0. and this game will be a huge one on ESPN with a 3.30 Clemson time kickoff. Yeah, this is one I'm really looking forward to. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, NC State, you know, normally kind of what's happened, you know, in the past, ACC's had one you know, good team, usually either Clemson or Florida State, uh, occasionally another, and then they'll have an upstart. And usually, what particularly seems to happen when it's a tobacco road school, they usually go in and get their butt kicked, and then they go back to kind of, you know, doing whatever they normally do, which is, you know, probably like a, a good year for them as a 9-3 and 8-4. And but I, I hope to see that, you know, maybe NC State can step it up and, and put on a good show for the ACC instead of, you know, making it look like it's uh, Clemson and the 12 doors. Uh, I mean, doors, I, I, think, I think NC State can win this game. I mean, I really think they can give Clemson all they yeah. want and, and then some. What do you think? They certainly have a, a good quarterback in uh, Ryan Finley. And, uh, you know, they've done a really good job of kind of reloading on the defensive side, which is I wasn't really sold on NC State uh, before the season because I felt like they had a lot to replace on the defense. But they've done a good job, and uh, to their credit. So Dave Doran and his uh, his staff have really done a good job of recruiting and coaching. So I, I agree. They've got a good shot at, at beating Clemson. I just, you know, I hope that the, the stage doesn't get too big for them. All right. Well, this is going to be a rather light weekend in ACC action as you only have – Four games in the conference. That means, what, six teams are enjoying the week off this weekend. I guess the Jackets don't have a game this weekend. Does that sound right? Yeah, the Jackets and Virginia Tech square off on a, on Thursday of the following week. Okay. Uh, so they will they will be uh, taking the weekend off to get ready for that uh, tilt. All right. Well, North Carolina opens the weekend on Saturday morning against the Syracuse Orange. And then a uh, pretty good game going on in the Coastal Division between the Virginia Cavaliers. They're going to Wallace Wade Stadium for a match against the Duke Blue Devils. And then the only other conference game is going to be on ESPN2. Wake Forest is going down to Doak and taking on the Florida State Seminoles, a pair of three and three teams facing off in Tallahassee. Besides the Clemson game, any of these other matchups you want to throw your one peso worth of info on? Yeah, I mean... Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Uh, Why well, say peso? You're in Canada. Uh, what do they even have up there? Uh, dollars. Canadian dollars. Uh, okay, so throw yeah, out... not worth as much as American dollars, but they're still dollars. All right, well, throw us out a couple of Canadian dollars worth of advice on these other matchups. <laughs> a? Yeah, I think the the one that'll be interesting to me is going to be uh, uh, Wake Forest from Florida State. Wake's been reeling under some uh, some injuries. But we talked about Florida State. They're gonna, they've got to regain focus. They've got to get back to school, uh, you know, back in the rhythm of playing. And and the question will be, given how they started, can Willie Tiger get their attention and get them playing well? And and I think, uh, you know, as as much as Wake has struggled, I think that Florida State's gonna probably uh, gonna have a hard time with them. And, and 
we'll see if, if they can pull it out or not. So I, I expect that to actually be a decent game. Uh, and then, uh, of course, you mentioned uh, Syracuse and North Carolina. I have no idea how that one's going to go. Those, both of those two teams seem to be kind of uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, North Carolina finding ways to lose games. Uh, and Syracuse, to their credit, uh, you know, found a way to couple to win a few of them, particularly that one against Pitt. Uh, of course, they then found a way to lose against Clemson, but hey, everybody does that. Yeah. Hey, by the way, this game against Wake Forest for Florida State is the end of the preseason. Get this, Jonathan. The Knowles' next couple of games next week, they play the Clemson Tigers in Tallahassee. Then they're at Raleigh to face off against NC State. Then they're at Notre Dame on November 10th. And then to wrap it up, they've got Boston College, which is an improved team this year, and their rivalry game with the Florida Gators on November 24th. Uh, pretty easy schedule, don't you think? Yeah, that sounds like a walk in the park, man. <laughs> and they're 3-3 three and three right now. So it's going to be tough for the Knowles to get to a bowl this year. You know, they had to pull teeth to get to a bowl last year, and they were able to pull it yeah. off in a miracle form with a addition of a game at the end of the season. But it's going to be a real struggle for FSU to keep their bowl streak going in 2018. Jonathan Leifite of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital, thank you for your ACC knowledge. Thank you, sir, and have a great week. All right. Talk and again next week. And by the way, you're welcome back here in the good old USA anytime you want to come back. How about Thursday night? Okay, sounds good. We'll see you then. Jonathan Leifite. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we've got all kinds of fun stuff coming your way. And we also are going to have Precious Harris stopping by with our Nashville Music Line, all that's going on in Nashville Music City, USA. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Talk with a Southern accent. Hey. Man, I am relieved not only that you've joined us for another hour of the Y'all Show here on this Wednesday, but if you were goofing off on the World Wide Web last night, you might have noticed for a while YouTube was down, and I really love YouTube, and I thought I had done something wrong. I thought YouTube was coming after me. The feds were going to be knocking on my door. It turns out YouTube had a blackout for a lot of people, and I hope that's fixed. Because, I mean, I've gotten lazy. I trust YouTube for a lot of stuff, whether it's funny videos or watching crazy World War II or World War I even stuff. I love military stuff, and a lot of that's available free on YouTube. And, of course, it's a fun place to get some music and stuff you can't find. So it's back. Thank goodness. Please don't do that to me, YouTube. A bad April Fool's joke in the middle of October. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Rawl, and we are no joke. Friends, we are Southern. We're proud of it. We make no excuses. And I'm glad to be serving as your gracious host on this all-Southern show. Our website is y'all.com, Y-A-L-L.com. Go there, pull up the info on the Y'all Show. You can get links to our past shows. You can have our contact information. A fun place to go, y'all.com. Well, right now on the show... Cue the music. It's hashtag hullabaloo time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not peanut butter jelly time. It's hashtag hullabaloo time, friends. And Elizabeth Warren, 
you might not want to be listening to us right now. She's got Oklahoma roots. There's no doubt about it. She's 100% Oklahoma. Oki is Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts. Raised there. Now, the question is, is she an American Indian? That's what's been in the news this week. I don't know about you, but if you're on social media, no matter what side of the aisle, I'm sure at some point in the last 48 hours, you've had something creep up on Twitter or Facebook about Elizabeth Warren and her brand new release this week of her DNA. I don't know why she did it. Democrats are scratching their head. Why would you do this three weeks away from a general election? But she put this out, and the survey that came out of the results don't really prove anything. And President Trump has been attacking her, calling her Pocahontas. I doubt that will be letting up anytime soon. But we're going to go to what the World Wide Web and the Twitter world saying about Elizabeth Warren revelation this week that she's like one one thousandth Indian. So congratulations. The uh, got a couple of these gifs. I'm gonna try to zip through them because they're they're funny. Okay, they're really funny, and that's why I'm gonna give them a little bit of time here on the Y'all Show. And she's from Massachusetts. Come on, if you're a liberal. I mean, she's from Massachusetts. Give me a Southern liberal. I may not be so harsh on them, okay? But Elizabeth Warren, all right, here's the first one I'm going to read. It's a picture of her, Rachel Dolezal in the middle. Remember the lady that claimed she was black when she was actually white? She's in the middle. And on the far right is Beto O'Rourke, whose first name I think is Robert, and he is not Mexican at all. He's he's Irish, I guess. But so it's, it's Warren, Dolezal, and O'Rourke, all in a group photo photoshop together and the heading on this gif says an indian a black and a mexican walk into a bar just kidding it's just three white liberals which is absolutely true they're all white liberals warren's not an indian dolezal's not black and o'rourke's not mexican he's american pretty funny i thought now more fun stuff picking on Elizabeth Warren. Here's one of her. It's got a headdress on, and it's got the GIF saying Leah Watha Warren. Kind of looks like a Cherokee word, something like that. God bless our Indians. Love them. Big part of our region. Always have been, always will be. But the heading above her head says Leah Watha Warren. Below that, it's got a definition of what that means. From the tribe dances with Soros. <laughs> George Soros, the multi-multi-billionaire liberal backer, dances with Soros. Yeah, that could be. Maybe he's pushing all this. Okay, the next one is a GIF. It's got a, a Jeep Cherokee, a nice pretty Jeep Cherokee featured in the middle with words above and below it. The words above it said, I bought a new Jeep and named it Elizabeth Warren. Okay, makes sense. Got a new Jeep, called it Elizabeth Warren. But below the Jeep, the wording says, it's named Elizabeth Warren because it's all white, but says it's a Cherokee. (laughs) All right, that was pretty funny. And I've been a Cherokee owner. I love my Jeep Cherokees. I don't like the new ones like the countries that I had back in the 90s, but I'm sure if somebody gave me one, I'll be glad to take it. Even I'll even call it Elizabeth Warren. I'll be happy to get a, a Jeep Cherokee off of someone. And the last Elizabeth Warren-inspired gif that I'm going to waste your time with today is a picture of the Aflac duck, uh, that cute little white duck. Aflac, who's 
roots and they're they're based in Columbus, Georgia. Did you know that? In fact, that's what the C in Aflac stands for. I think I can get this right. I'm going off of memory. I think Aflac stands for America American Federated Life and Accident Company of Columbus or something like that. Yeah. Not many things are based in Columbus, Georgia, but Aflac is. All right, here's the Aflac duck profile picture, pretty little white duck. And it's got below there one slash one slash 1024th bald eagle. <laughs> so I guess a, a duck can claim to be one 1024th bald eagle if they want. I'm not going to stop them. I'm sure their DNA would show that they got a little bald eagle in them. But that that's funny right there. Okay, so enough of the Elizabeth Warren bashing here in our hashtag hullabaloo. Now let's go pick on some other things out there. All right. So I found this one, another GIF. It's got a picture of a car with literally a window AC unit in one of the side windows and a generator strapped on top of the car. And it's going down the road. And I don't think this is doctored. I think this is a true picture. And someone put on this GIF, never question someone's redneckedness. And <laughs> okay, they win. And I know a guy who his air conditioner went out in his car not long ago, and he didn't drive a lot. He kind of kept it parked for the most part. And he was burning up. He needed his air conditioner. And I thought of doing that. I thought of saying, you ought to go get some kind of portable air conditioning unit. I, I have one. They work pretty good. Not the ones that go in a unit, but they have ones that kind of attach to the window and have a hose coming out. They do a fine job. I wouldn't go as far as putting a generator though on top of the car like this picture does. Okay, so sure that can't be safe. And more importantly, it just can't be legal. But so far in this picture, they're getting away with it. So I saw that. And then someone replied back to that crazy picture with another picture trying to outdo the redneck way on that one. And this picture, and thankfully I can tell by the the scenery this is not in the south okay this looks like something from out west so we'll we'll blame this on the west we'll, let's pick on oregon we'll, we'll say this picture comes from oregon it is a picture of a pickup truck that's got solar panels stuck on top of it then attached to an air conditioner of course folks out west would have solar power but yeah this redneck they got rednecks outside of the south they they're using they're getting all high tech. They got the solar panel, huge solar panel on top of this particular vehicle powering their window AC unit. Okay, it might work. It just might work. And it would be cheaper than what the guy that has the actual gas powered generator on top of their car. But yeah, just never know what you're gonna find in GIF world on social media. Alright, let's keep the GIFs going, shall we? Now this one was pretty cute. I love cuteness. And this one I can really relate to because I'm a guy that should exercise like everyone out there likely should do a little effort, sweat a little bit every now and then, pump out a few push-ups, go walking mile and a half, two and a half miles, whatever the case may be. This GIF made me laugh. It says doing crunches twice a day now. Wow, that's impressive. Doing crunches twice a day now. Crunches, you know, the exercise, kind of like a sit-up in case you have been out of the exercise game for a while. So this says, doing crunches twice a day now. Captain in the morning, 
Nestle in the afternoon. <laughs> Captain Crunch in the morning. Nestle Crunch in the afternoon. Now, that's my kind of exercise. That's the kind of crunches I would be all about right there, son. Yeah, that's a funny gif there. And we appreciate all of the gifdom that we've seen. Hey, since we mentioned this fella a few minutes ago on the show, we've got to talk about him some more because this one is funny. And I didn't intend to throw another one in here, but we got to. It's Jeff Foxworthy, okay? And I don't know if this is a real quote from the Georgia native, the Georgia Tech alum even, but it's funny. And we'll go ahead and say it's real, but it's a GIF. It's got Jeff Foxworthy doing his thing in front of an audience. And this is the heading, uh, the the subject, the, the text of this GIF. It says, if you think Nicodemus is a patch to quit smoking, you might need to stop sleeping through the sermon. I guess it's one kind of a religious gif, but yeah. If you think Nicodemus is a patch to quit smoking, well, you might need to stop sleeping through the sermon. All right, amen to that, Jeff Foxworthy, and a great great Southerner right there. And we'll go ahead and say that he really did say that. I don't know if he did or not, but it says it. It looks like he did. So he, he, he certainly has the brain power to come up with something as creative as that. Continuing our hashtag hullabaloo hootenanny, we go to a tweet from Cheese Straw Factory at MS Cheese Straws. Yes, Cheese Straws. I've had a cheese straw. Have y'all? There's a company in Mississippi called the Mississippi Cheese Straw Factory, and they do a great job. And they put a tweet out this week. On social media that caught my eyes. Cheese straws, cookie straws, and more from the Mississippi Cheese Straw Factory. And they wrote, we are loving lemon straws today. And they have a photo of a lemon straw, which I I guess it's got cheese in it too, since it's coming from the Cheese Straw Company. But yeah, looks great. Great gift. If you have access to going to Mississippi Cheese Straws. They have a very good online presence. It is a nice and unusual gift to give someone that who doesn't like cheese. And this is a cheese straw, so it's very easy to ship. Comes in a nice little packet, and it's kind of like a Pepperidge Farms type packaging that you get. And it's just a really cool thing, and it it holds up. It's not something that you have to eat within a couple of days. Uh, Got holidays coming up soon. So let me tell you about the Mississippi Cheese Straw Company, and let me tell you my address so y'all can just load me up with all kind of cheese straws. Nah, I like them. They're good. I'd rather you send me other things like money if you're going to be mailing me anything for the holidays. Do not, you know, you can't help but think when you're talking about mailing people stuff, for the holidays, gosh, please, no one ever send me the old uh, fruit pie thing. I I can't handle that. That's disgusting. I hate those things. And I don't ever want to have another one. That just shouldn't be part. Fruitcake shouldn't be part of the holidays. But for whatever reason it is, I think it might be a generation before me that maybe appreciated those things. But yeah, no fruitcake. But cheese straw, yeah, bring it on. Now, Savannah, Georgia, lovely place. Been there several times. And Savannah, Georgia, Charleston, Beaufort, all that area along the Atlantic coast, just lovely. Wish I was there right now. Well, the tourism office there is Visit Savannah, and they're 
Twitter account is at Visit Savannah. Hey, that took them a long time to come up with that one, huh? No, not, but I guess they're in a fight against Savannah, Tennessee. That could be Visit Savannah, but no, what, it, visit, visit Savannah is Visit Savannah GA, okay? Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. And this is a site, All Things Savannah, as tweeted by Larissa and Lauren. I guess they work for Visit Savannah. And they want you to use hashtag Visit Savannah to be featured. And they put out this week, be sure to use hashtag Visit Savannah for the chance to have your scenic Savannah images featured on our page. Now, Larissa and Lauren, I would say Savannah, Georgia, has to be one of the most photographic places in the country, certainly in the South. I mean, it's it's just awesome. Spanish moss, the Savannah River's right there. You got the historic homes. You got the squares that Savannah's known for. Do y'all really need help getting images for Savannah? I mean, I could see it if it was Savannah, Nevada. <laughs> but this is Savannah, Georgia. And I don't even know if there's a Savannah, Nevada. Uh, by the way, sad news from Nevada this week. The guy that, run the, that runs the Bunny Ranch died suddenly. I don't know what that's all about. If you ever saw that show a couple years ago on TV, yeah, the, the famous Bunny Ranch, the brothel out in the desert, yeah, that guy died this week. But back to Savannah, Georgia, where you won't find brothels, at least that obvious at least. Yeah, and, and maybe if you do, take a picture of it and send it to Hashtag Visit Savannah, and maybe that brothel pic will be on the front page of Visit Savannah. <laughs> now, I don't I don't think they've got any. You know, I don't think Savannah had a Navy base. I know that not far from there is the big, was it Fort Stewart, the big Army base in that part of Georgia, in Hinesville. I think I'm right on the name there, Fort Stewart. But Navy base... Well, see, Navy bases and and uh, ladies of the night kind of go together. Uh, I'm sure they're around Army posts too. And Air Force, you're not getting off the hook either. But the Navy certainly was known for those kind of things. Charleston had an old Navy base, and they certainly a bit had those kinds of establishments and all your other old classic Navy towns like Jacksonville, Florida, and more. Yeah, visit Savannah. Needs help with photos. Help them out, y'all. Now we go to Taste of the South at Taste Mag on Twitter. And Taste Mag, preserving the past and celebrating the future of Southern food. Well, howdy. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. We need food preservation and celebrating the food of the South. Taste of the South. And they put a tweet out this week. And I kind of had to think of our friends in Georgia because of what they were talking about here. And I don't know if they sent this tweet prior to Hurricane Michael or not, but the message on Twitter that Taste of the South put out was, we switch peanuts in for classic pecans, and these pralines are even better for it. Now, I make pralines, or if you're in the Big Easy, it's pralines. And I said, yeah, I said it, pecan most of you might be listening, laughing at me, saying, why didn't he say pecan? Well, pecan, pecan, whatever. I think we can all agree it's peanut, okay? But I've never heard of, of making pralines with peanuts. But evidently, some people do. But 
I always use pecans. And I even make, speaking of fruitcake, I make pralines around the holidays. And if you're a close enough friend of mine, (laughs) and I'm in a good mood, I just might make up a batch of pralines and give it to you in a nice little holiday-type baggie. And you can go to town on them. They're great for about a week. After a week, they're still good and edible. You're not going to get sick, but the sugar content in a praline hardens in a way that it's just not quite as good as as it was those first day or two or three that you had it and that sugar was nice and moist around the praline but yeah i have my own special recipe the general's recipe is what i call it and i love making pralines you just kind of like anything else in baking you better have it at the exact temperature right at that what is it called the hard boil point i think that's the name it's been a while since i made pralines but if you have the candy thermometer, you got to have one of those things. And there's a certain temp. And if it reaches that point, that's when you can take it off the stove and, and then quickly stir up. I'm not going to tell you my secret. i got an awesome praline recipe. And I don't think the praline, which they make pralines in Savannah. Savannah, Charleston, and New Orleans are your praline capitals. Now, there used to be a place in downtown Nashville that made pralines. It may still be there. So we'll give Nashville an honorable mention for pralines. But I don't really remember seeing pralines that accessible to be sold at other places in the South. Now, oddly enough, Mexicans make pralines. Mexican-Americans, I assume, make pralines. But I know even in Mexico... Pralines are something they make south of the border. I've had it. It's not the same. It's just not the same. I I don't know what they do. They might put taco meat in it for all I know. But it's not as classic as our good southern cities of New Orleans, Savannah, Charleston for pralines. But anyway, hey, don't use peanuts when you make pralines. Use pecans. And that makes it so much better. But I guess peanuts, I've got to try that. I'm all about experimenting. I'll experiment with some peanuts next time I make my pralines or pralines. Sounds good. Now, one more food-related hashtag hullabaloo that I want to pass along from Melissa Sperka. She's on Twitter at Melissa underscore M-S-S-K. And Melissa is a cookbook author, blogger, and a content creator. In my southern kitchen, homemade family-style meals are always on the menu, she proclaims on Twitter. And Melissa put a tweet out that said, If you're looking for a tasty alternative to pumpkin pie, this streusel top southern sweet potato pie will hit the spot. And that looks incredible. Yeah, instead of a pumpkin pie, which I can take or leave those things, a streusel topped southern sweet potato pie hits the spot. And that sounds even more southern. So if you're going to have that happy Halloween celebration... Switch up the pumpkins. We we like our pumpkins, which is a type of squash. Maybe go for the potato, the sweet potato. Help out our friends in Mississippi and Vardaman or over in North Carolina where they make yams. and Get you a nice sweet potato pie and turn it into a streusel and uh, just have a great Halloween Southern style. Thanks to Melissa Sperka at Melissa underscore MSSK. When we come back on the Y'all Show... We're going to get creative and talk to Precious Harris. It's the Nashville Music Line. What's going on in Music City, USA? 
And if you like Miranda Lambert, and if you like great country music and other forms of music, you're going to enjoy our installment with Precious. That's right next after this break. You're listening to the Y'all John Rawl Talk with a Southern accent. We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The gorgeous hair event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. cowboy hat out and put your boots on it's time for some good country music talk here on y'all the show all about the south hey and if you don't wear cowboy hats well that's just fine because i don't wear cowboy hats either and i'm pretty darn country and we are back here and each week on wednesdays we bring on precious harris for the nashville music line direct from music row nashville tennessee and we just heard some music there from pistol amy's hush hush and Precious Pistol Annie's, well, they're in the news as they're about to release a brand new record, Stop, Drop, and Roll One. And that's off their third album, Interstate Gospel. Of course, this features Miranda Lambert, Ashley Monroe, 
and Angelina Presley. What more can you tell us about the latest from the Pistol Andes? Well, that has been that 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 actual CD has been a long time coming. I think it's been about four years, almost five, since they released something together. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, um, but it it has. Of course, Angelina. I'm very proud to say she's from um, she's from uh, Kentucky. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. We're going to have to put a Kentucky. <laughs> we're going to have to put a Kentucky filter on you. You're going to start. Know, you're going to have to start p- telling people you're from somewhere else, like I don't know, Nevada or somewhere like that. <laughs> well, no, we wanted to make sound. You know, like gosh, she doesn't sound like she's from Idaho or Nevada. <laughs> they got people out there to talk like that. Oh yeah. Oh, you you can't even imagine the people I talk to. On some different days, on um, just going out and meeting people during CMA Fest, working with the artists at the autograph line, you see everything. Well, tell me out here, you know, Precious, I'm a big country music guy, just like you. I've actually made a few dollars in the industry throughout my lifetime. Miranda Lambert, everybody knows who that is. Most people know who Ashley Monroe is. She's had a, a mild hit or two 15 years ago. I don't know who Angelina Presley is, so help me with who this young lady is. Okay. Well, Angelina had actually came to Nashville uh, uh, to be a, 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 like, literally like a, a country singer star that, but she actually got started in the music industry by just going out and networking, writing songs, you know what I mean? Things like that. So her, uh, her, her biggest thing, she's actually was a solo artist. Um, and, uh, She's actually her real name is uh, McCoy, part of the Hatfields and McCoy. Okay. Ah, so she is she from Eastern Kentucky? Yes. Like coal miner country. Actually, totally coal miner country. Okay. Okay. She uh, she's one of those girls uh, who that you know started out doing a singer song, almost like a young Loretta Lynn, and she's had record labels before. Uh, but she's really been having a lot of success since 2011. She she became, you know, like I said, the Pistol Annie. Um, but she's uh, very much, uh, she came here, like I said, and wanted to be a songwriter. And I think it was in 2000 is when I met her at uh, one of the music industry functions. But, I mean, within a year, she had a, a publishing deal. Mm-hmm. You know, it's through a publishing, publishers introduce you to everybody, and that's how she met Ashley. And then, uh, of course, then she also, uh, uh, Ashley, who's friends with Miranda, had introduced uh, Presley to, uh, I mean, Angelina to Miranda, and they just clicked, you know. And then uh, they, uh, you know, I mean, they've had a pretty big success on their Hell on Heels uh, record. So I think I think it's gone gold now. Now, Presley did go out on her own while Miranda was, you know, getting married and doing all her bits and bobs in 2014. Um, But she's very much one of her, um, she still concentrates on a solo album, even though, uh, you know, that she is with the Pistol Annies. Mm -hmm. She's been very much blessed to have songs cut, you know, and her, like, I tell you who's cut one of her songs is uh, Chris Stapleton. She's a co-writer on Only Blood, but she's, uh, you know, very, very respected. I'm very proud of her, you know? Yeah. Well, Ashley so, Monroe is also part of that group, and just to help remind people of Ashley Monroe, some of her songs include On to Something Good and Satisfied. And then, speaking of Miranda Lambert's ex, 
perhaps the biggest song she's known for is her song with Blake Shelton, where she was featured on the song Lonely Tonight. Yes. And, uh, yeah, she's, I mean, if you meet Angelina, she is just as down to earth as she can be. And her name is spelled differently than that actress, Angelina. So if you're going to. Yes, two E's. Yeah, E's. If yes. you're going to go, go Google, better spell it right. And, Google double E, yeah, double E. Yeah, and, and by the way, for the record, I've had people stop me like, T- tell me more about this precious person. Well, if you spell <laughs> precious correctly the way she actually spells it, you will not find anyone in the galaxy that's got the same name as Miss Harris here. Precious yeah. Harris, it's P-R-E-S-H-I-A-S, Precious. Maybe it was supposed to be Precious. I don't know. You're co- no, it's, you're, my mother was a smart aleck. You're, a, you're definitely Capricious. It's P-R-E-S-H-I-A-S, Precious. And there's nobody else out there that that movie that came out a long time ago called Precious, well, they didn't spell it right, did they? Nah, they didn't. <laughs> so funny, someone actually tried to take my identity after I left working for their company. And because my, if you Google Precious Harris, there's only one spelt with my spelling I have. So it was basically very quickly shut down before the person got in a lot of trouble. Ah, uh, well, we're, yeah. not, we're not in favor of that here on the Y'all Show. We got to keep no. keeping it real here. That's precious. right, keeping it real. <laughs> That's right. That's why I'm precious. That's why who I am. Like I said, you know, I have to be very sweet and and you know and do the right thing, and I did. So well, I'm good to go. This new album from the Pistol Annies again doesn't come out till the second of November on RCA Records Nashville, and it is called Interstate Gospel, and it features the single "Stop, Drop, and Roll" one, which was penned by the trio, and they say that this song came about while they were out songwriting. And Miranda says that when they finished the song, they were writing, and Miranda said, girls were on fire, I think. And then she said, so stop, drop, and roll one. And I've got to ask you, Precious, you know, in the old days, when we wanted to have adventurous country music songwriting, we talked about drinking beer. Maybe maybe if we got wild and crazy, it was about getting a little liquored up. But with this song title here saying to roll one, and I know there's been other songs that have come out here in the last couple of years that have uh, certainly crossed that line into doing the old wacky weed and perhaps even harder stuff. Are we going to see more songs that have marijuana-related references to them? Well, it's always has been. It's just been very closely, uh, like except for the one like, you know, I want to smoke one with Willie Nelson, Toby Keeslin. But it's always had innuendos of affairs, innuendos of a lot of liquor, um, innuendos of being drunk where you can't see straight like the new um from the hurt and the pain of the new duo it's actually jason aldean and miranda lambert's been nominated for cma song of the year mm-hmm. but i don't think it's going to be as much prevalent as it is i do think they're going to get away from girls trucks and backwoods and gravel roads and tight jeans well, i do think, I think that's that going is get, that is definitely getting old and i certainly don't uh endorse the marijuana lifestyle and i know most people out there uh probably do sadly in today's world but i don't but i know it's been a part of uh of songs for a long time i just wondered now that it's become kind of a a, an an approved thing in most of the country if that's a whole new thing that these songwriters going to be pinning on almost every song now i think you're going to see more maturity in songwriting in the next little bit as a matter of fact uh there's a country star named ashton shepherd oh yes I love Ashton yes. Shepard. Yes, she was in my office Friday and wrote a massive, massive hit song. 
I can't tell you the title because I'll get in trouble. But she is, oh my God, she's so incredible. She's just 10 times. She's awesome. I mean, there's only been about two or three artists in the last decade that I got excited about, and she's one of them. And she is from down in sort of South Alabama. She is as country as country can be. Go on, get a chance, go to YouTube. You can find some videos of her back on her farm. And she's out just being a, a good old country girl. And it's a pretty authentic accent she's got. I can tell you that. So real. And when you hear her sing, she literally, if there's anyone that could take what I call, you know, who's going to fill their shoes, yeah. Loretta, because she it reminds me just so much. She's just so sweet and so sincere, down to earth. And then you hear her open her mouth and just start rattling off these words and the songs. And I had to, you know, they had the dorset in there where I could hear it through the walls. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's a hit song. And I couldn't say anything. And then they did the recording of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I like Ashton Shepard so much. When we come back from our break with you, Precious, we're going to play. Uh, which one are you going to play? You can play Sounds So Good, which was her second single, or Taking Off the Pain, which has the great line, I've got a cold beer in my left hand. In my right, i got a wedding band. How about that? Yeah. She was talking about that song. <laughs> you know, she's written with Chris Stapleton, and and uh, so she's been in the circle. She's opened up for Miranda. Yeah. She was actually singing at Tanya Tucker's birthday party last week. Oh, okay. No, so she, she literally rode in the office, got ready, and the office got cleaned up and took off and <laughs> went to Tanya's birthday party. Yeah, so she's, it was a little crazy. Yeah, it was a little crazy, but fun. Yeah, Ashton Shepard, everybody write that name down, go out. She was on a major label a couple years ago, and for whatever reason, sometimes in Nashville, people that absolutely should kind of make make it, they don't. Now, she she minored. She went through the minor leagues. I think she had like a number 20-something song or something like that, but it's tough, and it's even tough today where 25 years ago it was even tougher because there were way too many artists. We don't have that many artists now that have at least a fair shot, and for whatever reason, she just, ah, the stars didn't align. But, hey, she's still young. She's got a chance. and Oh, and, very young, yeah. And she, it may, you know, we, we got to remember we're on God's time sometime, but uh, I'm going to sneak some sneak uh, songwriting to you, but you can't tell nobody that you heard them. Okay. And you tell me what you think. It's If you listen to her music from when she had a record deal to what I'm hearing in the office, it's ten times better. Ah. She's got full control of what she's singing about, what she's recording about, what she's doing. And I'm just telling you, it will bring you to your knees, just the talent. And I know that she's in some music business talks right now already. She's got people finding out. She's back in town. And we've got major producers knocking on the door. We've got major publishers, major labels. So it's, it's just it's just a matter of time. Awesome. So I'm pretty, very excited. Like I said, I'll give you a little sneak peek later on this week. I All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it with Precious Harris. This is the... Nashville Music Line with Precious. And Precious, you wanted me to remind everybody about trivia. So what is it trivia-wise that you wanted to let everybody know? The trivia is I've reached out to Dolly Parton's manager. You know, last week we talked about her, you know, her new record, Dumplin', a couple of of weeks ago. Okay. But I, a friend of mine, used to do laundry with Dolly in the early 60s when she moved to town, right when she met Carl you know, her husband, mm-hmm. and uh, and anyway, and so my, my friend was telling me, she said, you know, one day there was a, there was a, a iconic songwriter called Hank Rock, Hank, Hank Cochran, who wrote I Fall to Pieces, and, you know, 
passing. He basically, you know, crazy. He, uh, Willie wrote crazy, but he, him and Will, between him and Willie, wrote the two biggest songs of Patsy's career. And uh, apparently they lived close to each other in the apartment building. And Dolly, because, you know, she was doing the beautician stuff and she's always been good at makeup and hair and just, you know, just a natural at it. And she talked him into letting her dye his hair and she turned it Tennessee orange, mm. as in football Tennessee. Oh, my gosh. But I got to wait. Like I said, I want to find out. Though, so I've got someone working on it for me. Um, but I'm pretty excited to find out, to see if that was true or not. Well, you mentioned Dolly washing clothes. That's where she met her husband, Carl, back in the early 60s when she first yeah. moved to town. She met him at the laundromat. And I want to I wanna help people in Tennessee know something real quick. Dolly Parton's husband is not running for governor in Tennessee right now. The current, yeah. the current Democratic candidate in Tennessee for governor is named Carl Dean, Carl with a K, the former Nashville yeah. mayor. Well, Dolly Parton's real-life husband, they've been married since 1966, 52 is, years. is Carl Thomas Dean, Carl with a C. So just so you know, if you go vote for Carl Dean, you're not voting for Dolly's husband. That might cost that guy I, I, some votes now. <laughs> I mean, oh, I hope not. Yeah. He's super nice. I met him, too. He's a super nice guy. Yeah. Well, Marsha's a, a nice lady, I'm sure. I met her yeah, husband Marcia the other day. Marsha Blackburn, the Republican candidate, her husband literally is the ambassador for wearing bow ties. He has a book. He made me pay him $20 to buy his bow tie book the other day. <laughs> and uh, I've got it. And it'll take me all of like one minute to go through it. But no, I appreciate that, Mr. Blackburn. You got me. And uh, kudos to you. So uh, he's a he's going to be a great guy to bring on sometime, but I won't do it till after the election. Because I wear bow ties, not all the time, but sometimes. I know. That's, I remember you, my favorite outfit, one of yours, of, of your suits is a bow tie. Yeah. And Miss Marsha, I mean, excuse me, uh, I'm going to call her Miss Marsha because I met her like that at the NSAI gala yeah but she's a huge supporter of songwriters yeah in fact hold on precious let's go to a break when we come back you have given us the perfect tease last week in washington dc speaking of politics and speaking of music president trump signed some legislation and marcia blackburn was a big part of that so was lamar alexander from tennessee and a bunch of celebs went to the white house we'll get precious's take on that and other things country music when the y'all show continues Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com i've got a cold beer in my right hand 
as promised, taking off this pain from Ashton Shepard. And that was out a couple years ago when she was on MCA Records. Great song from this Alabama songstress. And I get fired up every time I hear it. That's what they call in the biz country music. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. I've got Precious Harris. We're talking all things music, country usually, but other forms of music are accentuated here on the y'all show and all forms of music are very appreciative of what what happened last week in the white house as president trump made it official he signed the legislation to revise the way that songwriters are paid kid rock went to the white house you saw one of the founders of the beach boys was there you also had john rich the former lead singer of lone star who also is part of big and rich and let's see, Craig Morgan was there, and Precious, just a great event there as songwriters and, and singers who make these songs famous are all going to be properly compensated. Oh, yes, and, you know, especially with my mother being a songwriter and me so close to songwriters, they are my, my life's breath, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, but what had happened, it was a little iffy because of the stuff that was brought on by Harry Fox and uh, the another person. And uh, so we were all holding our breath, and it was basically splitting a crack on Music Row. So thank God everything was mended and coming back together. Basically what it means is it's basic. The, the thing was, for instance, uh, we had not had a raise or anything and anything done since the first copyright uh, law in decades. I'm talking decades. But the bill, um, you know, was basically helped the songwriters get a cost of living paid. And it's basically going to come down to, I went to a seminar today with YouTube. It's basically going to cut down to the metadata base of making sure how to count the royalties and, and they get paid for what they do. Because the biggest thing that's, that's about k- killing the music industry right now is illegal downloads. I'm, a, we're guesstimating, uh, I read in Billboard magazine that Nashville alone is losing $30,000 a day, a day in illegal downloads of, music i know taylor swift has lost two terabytes of illegal downloaded music but the the biggest thing is it streamlines the music licensing process to make it easier for people who hold the rights to get paid like the publishers and the songwriters and the performance they will get paid for their performance online and like what they call streaming performance uh, the, i think it's a it's not it looks like it's so confusing mm-hmm. but it's not really basically comes down i mean this is we have not had a raise or had anything passed since 1972 that is way too long when everybody else has got a cost of living raise but the people who actually make the music and create what we you know what we are daily everything that touches our daily lives you know right but actually it's going to improve royalty payouts for the like the producers and the engineers who actually help create the music because it's just like going work for hire you know mm-hmm. um and anyway, but uh, this is the first time that, um, like, pr- producers and stuff that work with Sound Exchange or a part records that's on Sound Exchange, they will be also get paid for the, any satellite and online radio. This is the first time ever that producers have ever been mentioned in a copyright law, even though they're such a huge part of how the music is made and created. All right. Well, the amazing thing about this legislation, which was signed by the president last week at the White House, as when, yeah. it, when it was in Congress, both houses, both the House and the Senate, passed this legislation 
unanimously, and that never happens. Never. <laughs> never. Yeah. No, and I think there was so much pressure because you got the superstars, you got Usher that has sent letters, and I know that uh, Ashley Gorley from Kentucky, who's had 38 number one songs as a songwriter, who just celebrated his 38th number one with Marry Me for Thomas Rhett, uh, he wrote a very, very heartfelt and sincere letter to his senator of his home state, Kentucky, uh, U.S. Senator Mitch McConnell. And uh, so I do know that there has been personal letters sent to congressmen from each, like, for instance, I know that there's a big songwriter um, uh, from Minnesota, and I know that one of the guys from ASCAP, uh, Vice uh, of Arts Relations, he actually sent a letter to his senator, Heartfelt, saying, you know, this is something that is my livelihood and said it's something that will touch your kids, your kids for generations. So it's really important that we make this change. And I'm just so thankful. I mean, there were celebrations all over Music Row and everything. It was just a wonderful, wonderful day in music history for sure. Again, a lot of folks going to be making a few more dollars as a result of this new law going into effect. And uh, congratulations to all the singer-songwriters out there who will be properly rewarded for their creative effort. Precious Harris, Nashville Music Line. Of course, we appreciate everything you bring to us each and every week. And we appreciate uh, you and your service. And you can go online and learn more with her book, College of Songology, that's available for purchase and learn about the music industry. And also check out Precious's incredible insider's column on what's going on on Music Row, and that is NashvilleMusicGuide.com, and you'll get the inside track on Music Row from Precious. Precious, thank you very much. You're very welcome, and you have a blessed day. All right, Precious Harris. Well, that will conclude our show for today. Thank y'all for being a part of the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. We'll be back here tomorrow with an all-new show. We're going to have a special guest from ESPN in Connecticut, Browning Stubbs. He works on the College Game Day show on Saturdays, and he's going to talk about the SEC. You don't want to miss out on that fun. That's all tomorrow on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. We see it every day. They cut you off, and they tick you off. It's called road rage. But they're not mad at you. They're mad they overpaid on a used car because they didn't go to Carfax.com. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The Gorgeous Hair Event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.